St. Paul says to the Romans in chapter 1, Ever since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes of eternal power and divinity have been able to be understood and perceived in what He has made. As a result, they have no excuse. Welcome to a new episode of our podcast for College Catholics where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I am your host, Father Patrick Wainwright. Today I'll have a guest, Father Paul de Souza, who is a priest of Minas Christi. After addressing the different reasons why many Catholic young people tend to doubt the existence of God, we discuss the different ways of demonstrating the existence of God, of course, to the best of our ability. After that, we will speak a little bit about Father Paul's life experiences and how he was able to discern God's call to the priesthood in Minas Christi. We're here in our Michigan studio, joined by our brother priest, Father Paul. He is a priest of Milas Christi. He joined Milas Christi in 1996. He was ordained a priest in 2005 and has been living in the United States since 2008, first in Michigan and now in San Diego. While in Michigan, he was in charge of the formation of candidates to the priesthood of Milas Christi. He was also in charge of organizing summer camps, retreats, conferences with high schoolers and college students. He has preached countless retreats in the United States and is dedicated to the work of spiritual direction. He is now a chaplain at two Catholic high schools in San Diego, Matter Day Catholic High School and Cathedral Catholic High School. He greatly enjoys the outdoors, particularly cycling and hiking. Hey, Father Paul, how are you doing? Great to have you here. What are you up to? Thank you so much, Father, for having me. So it's great being here. So I'm visiting the community here in Michigan. Uh, I came here for the Holy Tritium. I'm so excited to be in your podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, my pleasure. It's actually awesome to have you here uh, recording live. So before we talk about the main topic of today, which is the existence of God and how can we prove it, why don't you tell us a little, some fun anecdote of your life and maybe a most, uh, also a most inspiring experience that you had as a priest? Sure, yeah. So you were mentioning how I, I preach retreats, right? So as a Miles Christi priest, I, I travel around the country preaching retreats and everything. So once I was coming back from, I think it was Baltimore, I was in July, you know, how there are storms and everything. So you had a bumpy, probably a bumpy flight. It was. And yeah. everybody's holding on to their seats. Really bumpy. Yeah, everyone was kind of scared, you know, so. You bet. The interesting thing is I was sitting with a pilot. I was not in the cockpit, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So there was a pilot who was sitting next to you, but not, he was not the pilot of that airplane. He was not okay. the pilot. <laughs> okay. I was exactly. not the co-pilot either. <laughs> so, yeah, so what well, was, I mean, he was a practicing Catholic. We had a great conversation. So after, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes uh, of talking, you know, talking about our faith, I mean, his faith experience, because he converted into Catholicism and everything. So I told him, you know what? I always pray the rosary uh, in the trips during, I mean, when I travel by course, car, yeah, I the same. Yeah, airplane. Whenever you have an extra time, you can pray the rosary. Exactly. So the pilot told me, he had a very interesting, interesting answer. He said, you know what, Father? Okay, that's great. So you go ahead, pray the rosary. I love the rosary. I pray the rosary myself. But you know what? If they see the priest, if 
people, right, in the airplane. The, the other passengers. Passengers. They, they, they see the priest uh, praying the rosary, they will think, okay, that's fine, that's okay. Actually, they think, oh, that's great, the father is praying the rosary for us. Exactly, yeah. So, but if they see the pilot pray, <laughs> <laughs> they will think we are in trouble, so no worries. Yeah. No. The pilot is scared. <laughs> yeah. This is a dangerous situation, he's praying the rosary. Yeah. So, that's so funny. Yeah, that was so funny. So I, sometimes, you know, I use that example when I talk about prayer and how we... Sometimes we go to God to pray, and we, we pray to God, I mean, for things that we need, and only for that, right? So we should right. go always to Him, right? So at all times. Right, and then uh, some, some quick interesting events that happened, like moving event or some, something where you notice the work of God in your life? Yeah, sure. So I was preaching a retreat recently in one of the high schools uh, that you mentioned, and so I was leading the retreat, and I was part of a small group. I decided to be part of one of the discussions of a small group. And yeah, sure enough, I mean, the topic of um, abuses, the scandals in the church mm. and everything came up. So I told the students that I also suffered a lot, right? So when the scandals came up some years ago, I really suffered. It was very hard for me. And I know many other of my brother priests, they also suffered a lot. and. Anyway, so we were talking about that and everything, and one of the girls, after that, she wrote me a note, and she said that after the conversation we had during that small group, and after sharing with me what happened to her, and then share my experience with her, she said, I went to confession after four years, and I didn't go to confession before, I was not wow. going to confession before, because of the scandal. So thank you for what you said about that is so awesome. About the, the scandals and everything. So right, that was great. because it's true that sometimes people don't realize that we as priests also suffer for the church when we see other scandals. You know, uh, we, we think that is, it's wrong, but we suffer it because it's our own priesthood that is also being uh, put in jeopardy, so yeah. to speak. Right? So they suffer, exactly, and we suffer as well. You know, right, so right. And we are human beings as well. For sure, we are priests and we care and everything, but we are human beings, and that had a huge impact. I think in many of our lives. Absolutely, right? so, that's that's really moving. Thank you, yeah. thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, so, well, we'll go. We're gonna come back to your life story a little bit. Sure, uh, yeah, thank so, you. Um, first, I wanted to speak about what we're gonna talk today. That is the uh, topic that you obviously now you that you mentioned that story. It's something that I encounter a lot. I'm sure you also encounter a lot, a lot among uh, high school and college students, and that is the recurrent doubt about faith, right? And especially the faith in God. Does God exist? And many times it's not a doubt. Sometimes it's simply a conclusion. Surely God cannot exist if these things are happening. So, or, or they start thinking, is all this that we believe really true? So I want to focus today on the, on the first question, does God exist? There's a ton of questions that young people have, but today I want to reflect particularly on that one that is the most important one and, I, and the most fundamental doubt, right? That it, does God really exist? So first, before speaking about the different uh, ways to kind of prove or demonstrate that God exists, I would like to talk about why people doubt their faith. So I'm, I'm happy to get your input, but I, I, I'll present one first concern that, is that, I, that I found, is that 
there's a natural tendency, right? Among teenagers, uh, as we grow, there's a certain natural tendency to try to think for ourselves. And we start to question many things, almost everything that we have been told, right? Every, the, the moral values, the moral principles, that we should do this and we should not do that or avoid this. And, and there's a natural rebelliousness of uh, everybody, every human being, um, as we are growing, because we want to think for ourselves. And that is, I think it's okay. It's a, it's a reasonable thing and it's almost a natural thing. So it's not, a, whether it's okay or not, we will still question those things, right? The, the key point is to, when we question those things, to try to find answers in the right places, right? So instead of going to mm, literature or movies or people that will help us question more, or give, give us wrong answers, let us go to those people who can give us uh, the, the best answer possible, right? A second uh, reason that I see is the influence of all our environment, of our culture, we, we would say. Uh, the movies, the, the lyrics and music, what people say in social media. And one aspect that is, I think, very important is the social pressure, the peer pressure, if you want that uh, ex expects us, that pressure wants us to be cool, and we suddenly want to be cool. And unfortunately, many times, expressing our faith is not always cool, right? People don't think about that being cool. Yeah, and then you also have, I mean, the, I think the experience of evil, right? So, so evil is a real thing. So it's, people think that evil is something abstract, you know? So they see, they watch that in movies and everything, they think that, okay, that's kind of a, Sci-fi. I mean, science like it's fiction. Out, out there, but doesn't affect me. Exactly, but it's real. I mean, the work of Satan in the world is real, and he doesn't affect only like people. I don't know that I don't see, but it affects my personal life as well. Right. That's excellent. That's true, and and I think that um, when it affects us or affects somebody that is close to us, suppose some type of evil, like a person has been. Uh, suffered a divorce or I hear about another person uh, suffering depression or that they stole something from them and they suffer even if it doesn't happen to me when I see people suffering I always wonder how is it possible that this could happen and by the way for those who are listening right now and for you um, we will be talking about this topic some episodes later uh, when we have another guest to talk about Father Chishek, Walter Chishek, who is a Catholic priest, a Jesuit, who went to Russia and was captured, taken prisoner, and he suffered terribly, right? So we're going to talk a little, bit, a little bit about what he writes and how he talks, what his reflection is. Um, any other idea that you have of why people doubt the existence of God? And I think, pray going a little back to what I, we said before, I mean, that idea of the scandals in the church, which is linked to the example. I mean, the good or bad example that we priests or bishops, you know, even cardinals, I mean, every single person in the church give to other people. Absolutely. We have, we have to remember that, okay, the best way to preach to others is with the example. So one example, a good example to one person, that will influence a lot the life of that other person. Right, as they say, uh, one example moves uh, and speaks louder than words, right? Uh, well, now, now in, in, that, in that sense, I think it's also important to, to think about this. 
I see those bad examples. You've seen those bad examples. The saints have seen, have seen and suffered bad examples. And still they were able to be saints. And hopefully you and me can persevere, you know, in our priesthood until we die. So I encourage everyone who sees a bad example in someone else not to allow that example to be the one who inspires my choices. But instead, to look at the good examples, right? You have holy priests, holy sisters, holy, you have saints, right? And, uh, and we want to be a force for good in the world, right? So there are bad examples, and those affect the world and the church in an evil and bad way, like pulling it down. Well, we want to be a good example to pull people up, right? So that's great. That's great. And, and one other last reason that I see sometimes uh, why people don't believe in God is simply because it's more convenient. And uh, you know, it's not easy to see this, especially when we're the ones doubting things. But um, to see God, to believe in God, requires to live in a good and holy way. And if we don't want to live in a good and holy way, then God becomes a problem, right? So it's a problem to believe in God and to believe in judgment and to believe that he exists because then it requires that I live in a holy or good way. So instead, if I get God out of the equation, then I can live as whatever I want, in any way I want. And that's easier in a sense. It's more convenient and I don't have to be helping other people and so forth. So in any way, I think that those are some good reasons to, I mean, at least to consider because it's a reality. We, people doubt God and we have to consider why, why they're doubting God. Anyway, now let us go a little bit to the proofs or demonstrations that God exists. The first thing I would say is that whether we doubt God or not, God still exists, right? It's like uh, we're now here in Michigan, and Michigan in winter it's cloudy a lot, and uh, there's a lot of clouds, and um, sometimes it seems that for days and sometimes weeks the sun doesn't shine. But still we know that the sun is shining, and that at one point winter will be over, spring will come, and there will be more sunlight per week than before. So the same thing happens with God. Even whether we believe in, in God or not, He exists, and He continues to create the world and maintain the world. So He is and will always be. So how can we, can we? The first question is, can we demonstrate the existence of God? So of course not. We cannot prove the existence of God in the way of uh, natural sciences, right? So in the same way we, that we prove a theorem or a uh, or some equation, or some law of gravity, and so forth. We can prove those things. We state the law, or the, or the hypothesis, and then we prove it by exper experimentation. Well, we cannot do the same thing with God. However, we can demonstrate logically, right, uh, philosophically, uh, it's, and actually without faith. We, we don't need to have faith to be able to prove the existence of God. And that's what the Church has always done, particularly in the... Um, uh, First Vatican Council, the Church determined or stated, right? Our Holy Mother, the Church, holds and teaches that God, the first principle and last end of all things, can be known with certainty from the created world by the natural light of human reason. To there, the First Vatican Council and the Constitution Dei Filius number two. So, without this capacity of the human reason, right? Man would not be able to welcome God's revelation. So we are able to think about God and to see that God exists. And that's what we call a preamble for faith, right? So in order to have 
supernatural faith, we need first a foundation. And that foundation or, or a, yeah, a precondition, right? Something previous. And that is we need to be able, with our reason alone, to recognize that God exists. Uh, so the point is how to, how to do that, right? And we, we can do it through reason alone by the things that we experience in, the, in nature, right? By the trees or the sun and the moon and the ocean and the mountains. We see all these things that exist. And from there, we can go up to the existence of God. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. However, it is true that it's not always easy, right? So that's why Pope Pius XII in the encyclical Humani Genetis, number 561, he said, However, there are many obstacles in society and in the world that make it difficult for a man to follow the light of natural reason, to recognize God as the ultimate cause of the universe and as the origin of the natural law inscribed in our hearts. We need self-surrender and self-denial. Self-surrender and self-denial means that we should not allow our hearts and our minds to be blurred, blinded by our worldly desires and affections. Right? So we need detachment and, and, a, and a purity of intention. Right? So, yeah, I think we need humility. Right? right. So in the end, is humility. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So uh, we see that the main obstacle to find the existence of God is original sin and our inclination to evil, right? Anyway, so up to there, Pope Pius XII. And then St. Paul also said, as we said at the beginning, in the uh, letter to the Romans, chapter 1, he wrote, for uh, he's talking about people who don't have faith in God. He said, For what can be known about God is evident to them, because God made it evident to them. Ever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes of eternal power and divinity have been able to be understood and perceived in what he has made. As a result, they have no excuse. Right? And even in the Old Testament, the Book of Wisdom, chapter 13, said, For all men who were ignorant of God were foolish by nature, and they were unable from the good things that are seen that are seen to know him who exists. Nor did they recognize the craftsman while paying heed to his works. For from the greatness and beauty of created things comes a corresponding perception of the creator. So have you ever had to explain uh, the, the ways or the demonstrations of the existence of God to anybody? Yeah, for sure I had. Uh, and one of the things that I really like doing, so when you were talking about how God manifests himself in creation, and that's one of the ways in which we can know his existence. The way in which I do it, uh, I work in high schools, right? So I used to organize summer camps and everything for high schools. And and also this thing appears all the time. Yeah, it does. So what I try to do, I try to take the approach of helping the high schoolers uh, to see God in creation. And to one of the things is that I always talk about when I go on a camping trip or when we are celebrating Mass in the outdoors and everything. So I always tell them, think that all days around us, the trees, the sun, or even the moon, think that God placed all this here for us, for us to not only be happy, 
to enjoy ourselves, but also to be thankful to him. So to, I want to help them to recognize God in creation from an early age in their lives. So hopefully that will help if in the future they have questions about God. Right, right. So uh, I think the catechism uh, speaks about two ways, general ways of speaking or showing the existence of God. One is the world, and another, the human person. The other one is the human person. Yeah. Right, so we'll talk about that in a second. Um, however, first the world, because I think the world, first of all, the, the existence of God or the faith in God comes to different people in different ways, right? So sometimes it's simply a grace of God. It hits people in different moments. When they're not trying to think about God, it hits them, right? And they realize, oh, it's evident God exists or different ways. But it, here we're going to talk about how to show to ourselves and to others that God exists. Because even we all, at times, may be um, suffering temptations of doubt. Anybody and everybody at all times can suffer temptations of doubt. So we need to have answers to those questions. So first, regarding the world, even from philosophy, even Aristotle, right? And St. Thomas Aquinas picks up the arguments of Aristotle and many other philosophers speak about how we can recognize that there is an ultimate being that is perfect and that is be before all things and after all things by the movement that we see in the things in this world, or the change, right? The, the reality of change. So St. Thomas Aquinas speaks about five different ways, right? So there may be other, if you want, ways to explain, but at least these are very, really powerful ways and very rational. St. Thomas Aquinas picks them up from uh, other philosophers, and some he puts forth, right? He speaks about uh, showing the existence of God through the mo movement of things, also through efficient causes. He also speaks about the another way is to show that there's contingency in the being that there are beings that are created. That is, they are, but they could not be. Um, he also speaks about the degrees of perfection in the beings that we see. Some. Some actually, actually, some some beings are more perfect than others, and finally, he speaks about the final cause or the finality, right? How we all obviously tend to a final end, right? So all of these reasons or ways to demonstrate the existence of God are based on one principle. There is a basic principle here that which we should accept, right? Which is cannot be proven because there is the first principle that every effect has a cause. Everything that we see, any change that we see, needs something to make it happen, right? If I see an effect, that effect will participate in some way in the nature of the cause, right? A very simple, simple example, right? If I hear barking, it's obvious there's a dog barking, right? If I hear meowing, first of all, there has to be something that is meowing, right? And secondly, we can recognize it must be a cat. Right, so these is a basic example. Well, the same thing we see with the with the world, right? We see a tree, we see the 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 mountains, or we we have to think. Well, all these have a certain perfection, a certain beauty, and they have a certain being, and they maintain a certain order. So all these things show us that there has to be something that made it be that way, right? And Saint Saint Thomas Aquinas says, well, if we uh, think about a cause that made these things happen. Well, that cause either is God himself or 
is something that itself needed a cause to make these things happen, right? So we cannot go to the infinite having a cause that has another cause that has another cause that has another cause because then there would not be the movement that I see, right? So St. Thomas Aquinas says, there has to be a moment where we get to a final or first cause or first mover or first origin of perfections or first lawgiver after which there's nothing else. And that one first cause, first mover, first lawgiver, and first origin of all perfections is what we call God. And this is why uh, we have to realize God is not simply like, whatever image we made our, up in our minds when he, we were little is much greater. God is much greater. Is He's infinite, right? And His being is supremely perfect, much more than what we can possibly think. So, and then there's another um, way of explaining the, the existence of God that is through the human person. Exactly. So you were mentioning that is the first one, that is the world, right? So the first way to uh, prove the existence of God. There's a second one that is a human person. And, and I think that you see that, right? When you see that the, the human person is open to, to truth, I mean, to, to beauty, something that you don't see in other creatures, right? So you see that only in, in us. Not because we are better, not because we are... No, because God wanted us to be in this way. We also see how we have that sense of doing something good, I mean, moral goodness, how we have that, that freedom inside of us, that freedom that, okay, we can, we know, we can use our lives, we can use our actions as we want. So we can choose good or evil. And we right, can... Th these are evidently spiritual activities, right? So exactly. you need to have an immortal soul to be able to do th those things. And obviously the immortal soul cannot come purely from material, random causes, right? So there has to be something greater that made it, that created, and it, that's God. Exactly. So when you see that, okay, there's something that is not material in us, something that, again, goes beyond our human body. So when you see that, okay, something within us that is spiritual, okay, that has, I mean, someone had to be, had to place that there, right? right. And someone who was not material... Right, right. It, just, it didn't just show up. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so in that sense, okay, you, you need God. And, he's, and I think I was thinking about this when you were talking about it to I mean, the world and the human person. You know, the Greeks, even the Greeks before Christ, right. the philosophers, they used to talk about the microcosmos and the macrocosmos. I mean, the small cosmos and the bigger cosmos. So they were talking, cosmos... Uh, it's something in order, right? Cosmos means order. Order and beautiful. So you will see the, the order of the whole creation. And they will say, okay, there's something bigger than us here. And also when they were looking at themselves, right? So when they were looking at their own humanity, the person. Exactly. There's a perfect order here right. that was put here by someone else than the human nature. Right, right. So then let me, to finish up all this, um, because then we need to talk about your story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to finish up, let me read number 34 from the Catechism of the Catholic Church that is, I think, uh, summarizes all this, right? So it says, The world and man attest that they contain within themselves neither the first principle nor their final end, but rather that they participate in being itself. 
which alone is without origin and without end. Thus, in different ways, man can come to know that there exists a reality which is the first cause and final end of all things, a reality that everyone calls God. Right? Now, Beautiful. That's it's really good. It's, it's really uh, yeah. for me always it gives the reading the catechism gives light. Yeah. Anyway, so of course, as we were saying before, uh, following Pius the Twelfth and that encyclical Romana Genetis, there has to be a good disposition of heart. Right. We need to recognize that there are difficulties in the world which we encounter, which blur our mind and our will and make us want to not find God. Right. So. I would recommend, and if you want to add anything else, uh, what I would recommend is, first of all, those who, are trying to, uh, those who are trying to find God, and as well as those who are doubting God, as well as those who believe in God so that they may persevere, we all need to pray. The first thing is to pray to God, to give us the gift of faith, like the apostles, right? They said to Jesus, Lord, we believe, but strengthen our faith. Hmm? The second thing is to consider whether there's any selfish reason that we have in our heart by which we prefer not to have God in our life, right? So if we are sincere with ourselves, we'll find out, surely there's something why I don't want God in my life. Maybe I'm attached to some particular sin, or maybe I'm attached to a particular activity or to a particular person that I know God doesn't want me to be with, right? So because of that, I prefer not to have God in my life. A third recommendation is to, to the best of our ability, to stay away from sin, because it is the attachment to sin that makes us prefer not to believe in God. And also, whenever we see bad examples, not to follow those bad examples, but on the contrary, to challenge ourselves to be the good we want to see in the world, to be the first ones to live out that goodness and that holiness that we would have liked to see in that other person which has given now a bad example. Hmm? So, Father Paul, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your life? And I, what I would be uh, interested in hearing, especially for all our listeners, is how it is that you decided to become a priest. Sure, yes, I, I usually ask the question, you, you want the short version, the long version? <laughs> well, uh, a, full, a complete version, but complete short. Version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So, you know that I'm so happy we're, I'm so happy we're talking about uh, faith, because I think that faith, and vocation, they are very much related. So both are gifts from the Lord. Many times we take them for granted. We think, oh yes, um, this person is prayer priest because he has a lot of faith, or he has certain qualities that another person he was doesn't born have. Like a, he was born a priest. Yeah, exactly. He was sent from, from Mars like a priest. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's a gift. And as we have to pray for the gift of faith, we have to also pray for the gift of, um, of a vocation. So basically when I was uh, 15, I got more involved with my faith. So you were a cradle, you're a cradle Catholic. I'm a cradle Catholic, yes. I, I went to, for sure I received baptism right away, so I received First Communion, but then I didn't practice my faith. Uh, I was thinking, okay, why do I have to go to Mass and so forth, right? So I pretty much uh, stopped going to church after my, my first communion. I didn't receive the sacrament of confirmation. And then I was having questions about, uh, about life in general. 
Like for example, the problem because I had a, a an aunt when I was fourteen, she passed away, cancer. So I was having a hard time understanding that. I was having a hard time understanding her suffering or the suffering of people in the world. I was thinking, why is God allowing all this to happen? Why is God allowing people to die? Why are we born if we then are going to die and everything finishes with death? Sure enough, I was not right, right? So, so what I did was I started going to spiritual direction Right? So I started like, praying more and talking to a priest about so those questions. So spiritual direction would be to talk to a priest, typically, yeah. uh, about your spiritual concerns. You have questions, you present doubts, and hopefully the priest gives you guidance. Correct, yeah. So and he also told, uh, told me, okay, so what you need to do is to pray. Mm. So here you have, I mean, this material. You, If you want, you can use this to, to pray to God about the questions you have. And I started to find a lot of answers. Not by myself, for sure, but with the help of God who was giving me answers in prayer, which is amazing. That's why I always tell people, okay, pray. Pray to God. If you have questions, difficulties, if you want to find out your vocation, anything, pray to God. He will answer you. No question about it. So I got more involved in my faith, so I started to practice my faith. I, I think that I said, well, at that time I was saying, yeah, love my faith, I very committed and everything. I was 15. And then towards the, the last months of my junior year in high school, I started to think about college. Okay, what am I going to study after high school? So what I did was to ask my spiritual director, okay, I think I have to start thinking about college. So I'm, I've been thinking about college, what to study, where to go, and so forth. And my spiritual director told me, well, I think that before doing that, you should answer the question of your vocation. I said, oh, no, that's right. <laughs> I didn't want to, to hear that, that answer. Question. No, <laughs> that question, no. So actually, yes, I had an aversion, you know, to the priesthood because there was a classmate of mine that year, junior year in high school, that he was saying all the time that he wanted to become a priest. But I didn't find myself comfortable being with this guy. Because oh, right, right, right. he was making me think about my own vocation. Right. And he I was talking about his vocation and you were being prompted to think about it and you didn't want to think about it too much, so you better stay away from him. Exactly. And that's what I was trying to do until my spiritual director told me that. And I thought, okay, it makes sense that I think first about my vocation and started to think about my vocation. And basically, as you know, I decided to become a priest. I, yeah. Wow. So you didn't, you didn't react negatively to the idea of the priesthood once you sincerely thought about it. Correct. Because wow. I was also, again, praying, reading, and I was reading the life of uh, saints, in particular St. John Vianney uh -huh. and St. Francis Xavier. I was very much inspired by, the, by their lives. And I was thinking, wow, these guys, they, they are truly making a difference. In, they made a difference in the world, and they still having an impact in the life of so many like mine. So, and then also I was thinking about what am I, I was going to do. So I was thinking, I want to be the best, I want to be the best musician. And you wanted to be, to play music? Yeah, that was one thing. So, Ooh. but I was thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be the, the best musician. I wanted to be the best one or the best soccer player. But I don't know if I'm, I mean, most probably I won't because there are right. other people. But 
I can make a difference by being the best one in my vocation. I can be, make a difference by being the person that loves God more in the world. In other words, by being a saint. Right. So, and that's something that is very personal because it's, it's between God and myself. Right. So I thought, okay, that's something that I can do because right. I can give to God my best and I'd be, I'd be with the best one in the world. For sure, there, were, there will be other people that are better than I, holier than I, but I will give my best to God and he will see that and he will be so happy with me. Okay. So that was one of the reasons why I decided to become a priest. And for sure, then I loved the, all the apostolate of Miles Crisi, all the missions that we were doing with the mission trips we were doing to different towns, to poor people. I love working with college students as well. Uh, I love the influence in the culture that Midas Chris is trying to, to provide. I mean, a good influence, Catholic influence in the culture. So I was very moved by that. And that's how pretty much I decided to, to become a priest. I was a, that was the last year of high school. So I was about to sign my senior year in high school when I decided to become a priest. Now, I have a question sure. that I'm sure everybody has. Did you hear God telling you, Paul, you have to be a priest? <laughs> or was it something that you little by little noticed and you heard a voice of God, but not audibly kind of inclining your heart toward that? How, how did it happen? That's a typical question. <laughs> you hear a voice or something? <laughs> no, I didn't have an apparition. I didn't hear a voice or anything. So no voices? No voices. Oh. No voices. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know, pray your listeners, I mean, the number of your listeners will go down, but yeah, so no voices. Uh, so um, I felt, an as you are saying, a incli natural inclination towards the priesthood. Not natural in the sense that for sure it was hard for me to leave a family. To right, think, you, you, you wanted to be married, right? Yeah, I wanted to make it clear. You wanted for to be sure. married, I want, yeah, that was have my children, plan. have your own life. Yeah. So what I'm sure, at least it happened to me, I'm sure you reacted negatively to the idea for some time. Yeah. But you kept thinking about it. I don't know. I'll let, I'll let you talk. I yeah, don't want to be yeah for sure. To I kept thinking about it. And then for sure, God sometimes doesn't talk to us with a voice, but he has given us so many other things for us to use so many other tools for us to use to discern his will. And one of them is our reason, our mind. We're talking about the existence of God. Okay, we can also use our reason, our mind, not only to find out his existence, but also to find out his will for us. And I think that's what I used, right? So uh, in a certain point of my life, towards the end of my discernment, the priesthood made sense to me. It was like you know putting a glove in your your uh, putting and a glove in your arm. Well. Yeah, it fits perfectly well. So I feel that this is my vocation. It fits with with me in an amazing way. So that is awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, thank you very very much for being with us today. Thank you for sharing uh, your story. I hope I can have many other uh, examples of lay people and priests also to tell their story. And I I'm trying to do that, uh, planning it ahead. So thank you, everyone, for being with us today. That brings us to the end of our episode. Uh, and thank you so much for joining us and for listening to our podcast. This is awesome to have you all here. Uh, remember to subscribe to Apple or Google or Spotify to receive the future episodes. And please let your friends know about this. If you have any message that you want to tell Father Paul, you can send us an email at info at fourcollegecatholics.org and I'll forward them 
to Father Paul and he may answer you, you never know. So please do so if you want to give a positive uh, feedback to Father Paul and thank him for this wonderful uh, witness that he gave us today. So thank you everyone so much for being with us today and we'll see you next time. May God bless your day.